Hey, what's up everyone? Welcome to the Edge Mindset Podcast. Today we have one of the most aggressive, dirtiest uh, rugby players in the Championship League here in the UK. Uh, former Bronco player, been to Toronto and now playing for Feverston Rovers. Um, he's also a firefighter during the day and he also fits carpets in his spare time. And this is the one and only Jack Bussy. What's up, what's up? So introduction that, I'm not sure about the dirtiest player in <laughs> I think there's a fair few, a lot dirtier than me. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I've been in championship for two years now and um, yeah, you've been very dirty. Very dirty player. Whoa, we've played together. Slash, slash, wait, I'll give it to you. Aggressive. We've played together for one year, so you can't really count that year. No, you can't. The <laughs> second year we played against each other, and the first time I took the ball and you came in third man and probably held me on floor, so I thought, okay, it's on now. No. <laughs> You're making up stories. That's exactly what happened. Oh, my. It was my first carry. You came in third man, went to the floor, and I got an elbow. I thought, oh, okay. All I remember, it was my first carry, and you jumped on my back with a little bit of an extra, like, mm. Then I went, oh, my gosh, he's after me. He's after, I've seen this before, I've seen it last year. Gets after players, so it was, um, it was a good battle day. It was actually a good battle that day. Yeah, it's, it's funny, like, we've spoke about it a few times, especially when we've had a beer, and, <laughs> you know, we always say, like, we'll be mates off the pitch, but come 80 minutes on the pitch, it's war. And yeah. I expect nothing less from you, like, I kind of expected an elbow, so I got it. So I thought, <laughs> okay, I guess it's on. There's no elbow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look. Oh. My temple said otherwise. No, man, like, so, you know, I've come over um, to the UK. The first name I probably hear when I hear about championship is Jack Bussey, um, a leader. And um, now, you know, at Featherston, with the experience you've, you've been through throughout your career, you know, um, what makes it different this year? Um, I've spoke about the last two years, actually. We kind of have a core group there. Um, we all kind of, we didn't come through together, but we all kind of came together at Feather at similar sort of times. Mm. And it's quite a close-knit group. Um, every year we kind of add just a bit more talent to it. And I don't know, it seems quite balanced this year across the park, whereas before we might have been quite dominant forwards and lacking a bit of flair or a bit of threat on the edge, whereas this year across the park we seem to have quite a lot of threat everywhere. Mm. So I think it's... I think when we actually click, we look good. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely honestly think, you know, there's times where your flair is like one of your, your best friends, Joey. Is he, is he the talented guy? Yeah. You, you're talking about the signings? He, he can be if he tries. <laughs> nah, he's, uh, yeah, he's, he has got that bit of X Factor about him. He's, mm. uh, when he can... When he gets 2v2 with centre and wing and he can get both interested and get a flick away. Mm. I mean, it's 50-50% a minute of going to hands or floor, but when he when he gets it on, it's good. Yeah. Yeah, um, like obviously you and Joey have been playing on the same edge this year. Um, obviously I was playing against you and Joey that, that day and, you know, he's obviously scored a few tries on us, so there's something there. And um, is that something that you reckon we'll see, you know, coming to semi-final time? Um, I'm just concentrating on getting back fit now and hopefully I'll be able to get myself back into the team. But, you know, we've got a talented team, so it's, that's another job in itself. Um, but 
if I, if I am fortunate enough to get back into it and I'm on the right edge with Joey. Yeah, I mean, I think it helps with quite both attacking threats with hard to handle when we're, you know, when we're running hard. Yeah. Um, so it's, the other team has to be accountable on their edge. Um, if they take too much on me, it leaves Joey open. If they take try to take Joey out of the game, it leaves me open. So <laughs> it's it's uh, so because you scored against us, we were concentrating on Joey too much. Uh, was that when I stepped you and came? <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> oh, no, man, like I want to get into um, obviously, you've, you've got a, a bit on outside of rugby. Yeah. Um, you know, firefighting. Yeah. How did that come about? Uh, it's something I've always wanted to do. Um, if you know my career had taken off as rugby, I'd probably joined the fire service early in the, my career. But when you're a whole time firefighter, the shifts work two days, two nights, far off. So it doesn't work in terms of training and games and stuff. It, they're not ultimately flexible. Um, so when I again came back to Featherstone, I realised there was um, there's actually a fire station in Featherstone and they do retained. So you get like a an on-call bleeper. You do all the same process as a whole-time firefighter would. You got to do all the same training. Um, then you get a bleeper and you see how many hours you can work that week. And when you're on-call, you've got to take this bleeper and if, if it starts going mental, you've got five minutes to get to the station then go fight fire or whatever it may, may be. Um, and it's something I really enjoy doing. It's, I think when you've been in a situation and it doesn't have to even be an emergency, uh, just helping someone who needs help at the time, I mm. think it's, it makes you feel quite wholesome and, and like, you know, you've done a really good deed for that day. I enjoy it. Yeah. Well, you're actually saving lives, eh? Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think if I've saved one yet, um, but I've definitely helped people in, Bad, you know, situations where if I hadn't been there, they'd be much worse off. Yeah, is it definitely something you see yourself doing after rugby? It's something I'd like to do. Yeah, I mean, like I say, the you know the shift patterns two on uh, two days, then two nights, four off. I think that's quite flexible, so you can do other stuff in the meantime, and that's really appealing to me. You know, so mm. after rugby, I'll have hopefully more spare time if we go do that full time, and then you know I can. I don't know, I'm out of kids then, so I can spend more time with them and the missus and whatnot. Yeah. Well, you know, I just want to pull it back, you know, your your journey through your rugby career. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very surprised that you've, you've never played Super League. Um, you went to London and then to Toronto. Why did that happen? Yeah, um, you know, it's something that I've never done. Um, I have had interest throughout my career um, of Super League interest, and at the time I, you know, I wanted to. My, my my journey to go to London was a bit to find out a bit about myself. To be fair, it was about you know me growing from a boy to a man. Um, I had to go live down there, live with uh, Alex Foster and Toby Everett. Oh yeah, then, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, we all lived in a three bedroom flat together, and it was like two thousand four hundred pound a month rent. So, yeah, it was, you know, then I've got to learn to look after myself mm. uh, and ultimately grow up. And, you know, I really enjoyed my time at London. It made me, you know, realise quite a bit about myself. And mm. I enjoyed all, 
lads down there and we had a fairly good year. It was when there was middle eights to be fair and we got into them. But yeah, then I went on to Toronto. Um that was a, that's a story in itself actually. Uh Andrew Henderson was head coach at the time at London and uh I signed a uh two year deal, it was a year that an option in my favour. Yeah. Um just to see how I adapted to London lifestyle, living far away from my family and my missus. And after coming towards the end of the first year, I was like, don't get me wrong, I really love going out with boys for a day and exploring the London, you know, the whole scene, because it's massive, you can just go anywhere you want. Yeah, yeah, it's massive, yeah. That was pretty cool, but I was getting a bit tiresome towards the end of it, so I was thinking, I might, I asked my agent to put some feelers out about moving close to home. And they said, uh, would you be interested in going to Toronto? Further. <laughs> <laughs> he said, right, hear me out. They're going to be training in Leeds. I said, oh, all right. But you will be in Toronto for maybe three months of the year. I said, oh, that sounds cool. Yeah. What's, what's doing there? So, yeah, so that came about. So I had to have a conversation with Endo. I said, look, I'm not taking the second year. He says, oh, yeah, I'm disappointed. Like, is there anything we can do to stop you going? I said, I just want to, you know, I just want to move a bit closer home to the family. He said, oh, um, so you've got a team where you are? I went, to Toronto, it just looked at me. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So yeah, that was quite a funny story. Oh, that's, yeah. You definitely, sometimes that happens in, in rugby, eh? You, you've got to move away to, to kind of see a, a bigger picture and then you come back as this kind of new new man, as you say, and then you know, a new rugby player with all the experiences under your belt. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't mind reading. I read a book, um, I can't remember the quotes from, but it's getting comfortable being uncomfortable mm. and just adapting to different situations and, and challenging yourself physically and mentally and I quite enjoy that side of it. Yeah, yeah. Why? Why do you enjoy that stuff? I feel like if you're just doing the same thing all the time and oh, if you're... Another quote, if you always do what you always do, you're always going to get what you always got. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you always do what you always done, you're always going to get what you've always got, which, again, so if you challenge yourself more, I think I get more out of myself. Um, If you get in the same road of your life, you can become maybe a bit lackadaisical and just, you know, a bit stuck. Yeah. What's the emotion when you say stuck? What, What emotions do you feel? When you're going through that? Uh, like I'm not challenging myself enough or again putting myself in different scenarios where I could grow from or ultimately it could be a fail and I think, oh, yeah, I might not do that again though. Well, do you have um, do you have something that really has challenged you, brought you to that kind of feeling before? Yeah, the fire service to be fair. Um, again, I've always wanted to do it but then... You know, you've got the bad side of it. You go to jobs which aren't nice. I, there's, I've had a couple of not nice ones. I went to a chemical suicide mm-hmm. and he left a note for his family and stuff and then seeing that side of stuff wasn't as nice and it's how I'm going to deal with that. And then, you know, the, the bad side of the work for me at the minute I'm trying to see positives in it and then try to make myself grow as a person because the bad side, obviously, chemical suicide. I went to one a few months ago. A, a dog died in a 
in a house fire. Oh, and for me, with not having kids at the minute, oh, I've got a little uh, French bulldog, so yeah. I, I really love dogs. I just think they're probably the purest animals around, you know. You're going to get undivided love from, the do- from your dog no matter what happens. Yeah. So that, that really got me as well, but then it's, you know, being strong and adapting and I've kind of battle hard and ready for the next time that happens or, you know, seeing a dead body, it's yeah. a bit weird for, for the first time, it's like, you kind of expect it to jump out at you, you know, make you scared, yeah. it's it's very different. Wow, right. And obviously... You'd pretty much, you know, a bit of gratitude, eh? When you get back home, that things are... Yeah, yeah. I remember after, especially the one with the dog, I got home and just picked up the dog and gave him a cuddle on sofa. Then Mrs. came down, she works from home, and she gave me a cuddle, and I think she could see or sense, you know, I'd had a bad time. And yeah. Yeah, it's just, obviously, you know, people are in worse situations than you, and you don't know what everyone's going through, and kind of just reading the room, and... Like she read it and saw that I was a bit down and yeah. gave me a cuddle and that, but yeah, it was. Well, how important is it to have your missus there? Because you're saying, you know, you're obviously getting married soon. Yeah. Which is another big, big part of your life. Um, yeah, how much does she mean to you and what you're doing in your life at the moment? How does she supports you and stuff? Yeah, she means, she, well, she means the world to me, obviously. We've got, as rugby players, I think you have kind of like a support network mm. and. Uh, for me, for example, my missus is a really big part of that. Um, I still speak to my brother, who's in the army, but he lives down south. Oh, okay. So I speak to him quite often about my rugby and my dad as well. So, but she's like, probably like the major stone in it all. Like, she's the big cog, like, she gets me. <laughs> I've probably lost her out, to be fair, you know. She does so much for me and the house and, yeah, without ever lost, but. Yeah. It's just about having a good support network behind you, and yeah, I don't think you'll go far wrong. Yeah, I can tell because we play mafia, and she could read you like a book. <laughs> <laughs> she knew you were lying when you're lying. <laughs> yeah, that's. I love that game. I'm so <laughs> I just can't lie. Oh, um, let's go back. Um, your injury at the um, at Toronto. Like I understand that would have been really tough, you know, to, to come back from that. Um, My elbow? Oh, oh, yeah. oh, no, that was the, the cancer. The cancer, yeah. So this word is a, it's a, it's a powerful word, you know. When you use this word, it, it kind of scares people. Uh, people get worried. And, you know, I've been around you for nearly two years now and you never talk about it. And you're... You look fit, strong, so, you know, is it, is it affecting you now, or...? Uh, no, the, the only effect it really has on me now is uh, when I've taken my right side of my thyroid out, I've got an underactive thyroid, so I've got to take tablets every day for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, or I die, basically. Oh, wow. But, um, yeah, it came about, I think it was... 20... I don't know, 17? Yeah. I think it was 2017. Uh, it was my, f- I think it was my first year at Toronto. Um, I'd been a bit poorly, um, and my Paul really up coach at the time. I told him, look, I'm not coming. I don't really feel well. He said, okay, go see your GP. I went, oh, okay. So I was like, oh, just give me a day off. I'll come back in Wednesday. I'll be fine. 
So I went and saw GP and he uh, just felt my glands at the back of my throat. He said, oh, they're a bit large, is that normal? I said, oh, I think, you know, I've got a bit of a sore throat and that, so I thought it just could be that. He said, oh, I'll send you off for an ultrasound and we'll just go from there. So he sent me off for my ultrasound and they said, oh, you've got a lump on your right side of your thyroid. I said, okay, what does that mean? No idea, he said, he said, probably nothing. Nine times out of ten, this will be absolutely nothing. Um, but I have to tell you to put my own back, because it, it could be cancerous as well. Shit. And then I was thinking, oh, well, it's, I'm, you know, it's any off his own back. It's not going to be nothing like that. It, you know, it's something like nothing. So he sent me off for a biopsy, where they've gone into my thyroid glands from my throat and just take a little sample out. And then... From that, they got the results and they said, uh, we're not sure. It could be good, it could be bad. So you don't need your full thyroid glands anyway. Your thyroid gland sits like a butterfly over your esophagus. Okay. So they said, we're just going to go in, we're just going to take your right side out. So that seems, you make it sound easy, so yeah, why not? So they took it out, stitched me up. Um, then I didn't really, they said, we'll do some tests and let you know. I didn't really hear from them for, I think it was maybe four or five weeks. And they said, oh yeah, it's out. Um, it was cancerous, but it wasn't aggressive. You know, you, you could have lived that for the rest of your life and nothing happened, or it could have gone the other way. You just never know with them. Oh, sort of stuff. So you got it at the right time. Yeah, it's, it's one of them. It's a strange one because when I was speaking to the surgeon after, um, she was saying how I don't fit the demographic for getting this type of cancer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's normally, typically women over 50, so. <laughs> so that's, that's strange. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, oh. I think I had maybe five or six weeks out. I had, the, I had to fly out to Toronto uh, maybe a week later than the boys did. Yeah. So I had the surgery, then they wouldn't let me fly for a week, I think. Then I went over. And yeah, I think just started playing as normal. Oh, wow. um, were you scared? Was your family scared too? Yeah, yeah, they were. My missus, mum and dad, they were definitely scared. When I first found out about the lump, I, I didn't tell any of them, just my brother, just yeah, because yeah. it was tough because I knew that, especially my missus, oh, my mum and dad, to be fair, they'd have questions for me, but I couldn't answer them because I don't know what's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was, wow. I don't want to tell them something. Well, I can't tell them anything because I'm just like, I don't know, so I can't tell you what I don't know kind of thing. Yeah. I told my brother and he was, I think he was the only one I told him. The physio at Toronto at the time, actually, she called Teresa from, she's from Orly, lovely woman. I kind of wrote down, um, when I went training one morning, I'll go, I'll go and see, get some treatment, I'll get my, I think I rubbed my calf or something. And she asked me how it went and I just kind of told her that I wrote down crying and I just, because at that time, I didn't know what was going to happen. You heard the word cancer and you're like, shit, am I going to die? Is, you know, is my rugby career over with? Is what's going to go on from here? I had questions for the consultant and the specialist, but at the time I forgot to ask them and it's just, it was just a bit of a whirlwind at the time. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like, you know, uh, that, that moment of your life, you know, like, I don't think many people will go through that, you know, where they, they actually think, you know, their time has come. And 
for you to overcome that, you know? What did you have to do? Yeah, um, it's, it's a weird one, you know, you, you think, oh, I was 24, I think at the time, 25, 24, 25. I thought, you know, I'm quite young, quite fit. Um, yeah, look after myself to a certain extent. I probably, at the time, I probably drunk a bit more than I know I should do. But As you do. Yeah, just let your head down every now and again. Um, but yeah, it's something I was trying to process at the time. And I struggled because, not, I think I struggled more because I'm not telling my mum and dad and my missus yeah. uh, sooner than I did. And I was constantly having to kind of be brave for them without even doing anything really, without, I was holding everything. Back. Yeah, so without telling them, I was kind of just storing it all. And I'd speak to my brother now and again about it and he'd tell me his thoughts. I'd, I'd say how I kind of fell about it. And it was, it was tough at the time, just holding everything in. And I thought I, I got to a stage where, you know, I, was, I don't know, I was in, I thought an okay place, but in the back of my mind, I wasn't. Yeah. It was it was tough. And when did you start like, like starting like to get better? Would would you when when did you feel like you were starting to, okay, I'm taking one step one step two. I felt like you know, when I got that plane, it in my mind that was like oh yeah, it's all done. But it wasn't fun. It wasn't like. Because I didn't tell him, I knew like subconscious I was feeling like shit in that. And yeah. I think, I think it was, I think it was second year actually, Toronto. But yeah, the time where actually, I thought, yeah, you know, I'm getting back to this is when I actually left Toronto. Obviously, uh, what happened happened. I, I bit Bastian had uh, come to lose in a game, and I got banned from that. And Toronto went to go around the foot sacking me. So I, <laughs> yeah. Wow, what a journey, man. Yeah. Far out. Man, I just want to thank you for actually opening up about that because I don't know if anyone's ever asked you. I've, I've never had a conversation with you, so I don't think it's someone that you bring up every day. But just for a, a listener out there, I definitely think that you've added so much value to, to, to someone that's going through something like that. And, you know, we I'm always an advocate of someone that, you know, if you speak... Um, your problems, the, the less weight that's on your shoulders. And um, I feel like that's what you've done, you know, because you held it in so much. Um, the moment you opened up a little bit, it was like you had support, but at, the, at that very time, you'll find it alone. Yeah, it's all, I think it's almost like a pressure release sometimes when you've got something big like that, you know. Um, it almost feels like a weight lifted off your shoulders. Is, or, you know, when you just... Well, I found when I wasn't telling anyone or anything, I felt like I was almost being, uh, like I was swimming and someone was almost like holding me in the water. Oh. It was, yeah, definitely it's, that it's just tough. Mm. It's uh, not great days, but you know, you need to, I think, uh, you know, if anyone's going through that, I would def definitely recommend talking about it. Um, it doesn't have to be, you know, your mum, your dad, sister, brother, and the more you open up and talk about it, I think the kind of easier it becomes. Mm. Um, I keep hearing your brother. I haven't met your brother before, but um, he seems to pop up a lot with everything and a bit of a person you do go to. You know, what, what's his name and where's he from? He's an older brother, he's called Rob. Yep. Um, he's, he's in the arm at the minute. 
Uh, we're a family where from Leeds. Oh, yeah. um, he, he joined the army and he's, he lives in Aldershot now. So, well, it's called Tidworth, it's near Aldershot, which is down south. Does he look like you? No, he's very ugly. <laughs> You're actually there on the stag, do you actually? Oh, is he? Yeah, the oh. bald guy. He, he'll be floating around. Do you remember saying, I love the Eagles? I remember the <laughs> I remember the Porsche put on and it, it doesn't like him saying I love the Eagles. I can't remember it happening, but yeah. Oh. So what's next for Jack Bussey? I know you got your carpet as well. So yeah. is that something that you could go or what's next? Yeah, so I still do a bit of flooring in my time. Um, uh, primarily I do more wood now and wood flooring. Uh, but I still do carpet. It's just when I first came back from Toronto, I had more spare time going back from being a, a full-time player to a part-time player. So I thought, oh, well, why not try something different? So, uh, when I was at Toronto, I was coaching my amateur team as well, Stan Ingler. Oh, yeah? Um, no, that's Stanley. Okay. So, it's the Stan best amateur Lee. team in England. It's Stan Ingler. <laughs> so, it's a, it's a Leeds-based team. Um, yeah. But I played my entire junior rugby over there. Um, okay. So, I just thought it'd be nice to give back. So, I was assistant coach with one of my friends. And one of the guys that he was coach, he had like a, a business. It was a carpet firm business, um, but it employed like more, a lot of the young lads in the rugby team or some of the older lads. Smart. So I just messaged him saying, oh, have you got any jobs going? He says, perfect timing. Someone's just left him for, to do something else. So I thought, all oh, right, I'll, why not? I'll give it a go. Combine that with 